Hey folks, welcome to Make It, Bake It, Grow It, a business owner's guide to surviving the market. I'm Ali Coy, owner of Barefoot Daughter Botanical Body Care, and I'm on a mission to find out how small business thrives online, farmers markets, and selling in stores. Heading into my fifth year of business, I'm still trying to figure out how to make it all work. In this program, I'll be interviewing vendors at the Salt Spring Island Farmer's Market and other creative entrepreneurs on the highs and lows of small business. Happy Make It Thursday, everyone. I'm hosting a Mother's Day workshop at 2 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. on Sunday, May 12th in my new workshop location, so I don't need to pack up and go anywhere. I'll invite you into my new space at Seven Ravens and there's also a gallery and shop in the front with treats and and wooden um, furniture and slabs of wood artisanal wood and preserves and veggies and then my setup in the back so if you want to come to that you can email alicoy at barefootdaughter.com to get on the list There'll be a deal for two because it's going to be mother-daughter. Um, or it's also also open to any sort of relationship and any gender. So, But it's kind of a Mother's Day vibe. So lots to talk about for Unpacked. Uh, things are happening. I'm in the middle of it. And you've all been here along the journey. So... Uh, it's coming out June 11th is going to be the salt spring launch and it is now on sale, uh, for pre-sale. So basically my goal is to sell a hundred copies pre-sale. So it would be buying the book now. So it'd be available June 11th. And if you live outside of the area, I can send it in the mail and, uh, it would arrive by June 11th can go to barefootdaughter.com slash unpacked and then you can just add it to uh, the cart and then say, write anything that you want it to be addressed to if you're buying more than one, which would be awesome. So right now I'm at 30% of my goal. So um, I'm hoping by June 1st, I'll have enough pre-sale copies. If I get 100, then I can order 400 copies that would last for the book launches that I'm going to be doing. And if I'm coming to your town along the way, which is very possible, you can just say uh, pick up so you don't have to pay shipping and then I'll have it signed and dedicated and then you can come to the book launch and pick up your pre-ordered book there. So along with your pre-sale order, you'll get a 20% discount off Barefoot Daughters uh, Soaps and Salves, a new PDF of my uh, latest zine, which hasn't been released yet. Uh, access to the Unpacked Book Club on Facebook, which is private, and $5 off. So it's a pre-order of $20, and then after June 11th, it will be uh, $25. So the reviews are in. About a month ago, I was looking uh, for reviews, and it's been very exciting, very heartwarming to get those reviews come in. The, date, the due date was um, May 1st. So I'll read one of the reviews. And there, it's just really nice to see people's response to my work. <laughs> so this one is from uh, Beverly Cooper, who is a award-winning playwright and happens to be my aunt, but... 
Anyone who has ever longed for or has had a backpacking adventure will love reading Ali Coy's candid, insightful, and often funny memoir. Ali's post-university trip to Europe becomes a precarious five-year journey, from the idle beaches of Greece to working in a druggy Amsterdam hostel, and eventually lost in life and love in the wilds of the Pyrenees. Part travelogue, part coming-of-age story, Unpacked is a delightful, engrossing read. So things along those lines have been coming in and giving me a little bit of support. It's always nerve-wracking sending your work out and asking for it to be judged before a certain date. So so now that the reviews are in and I have my proof copy, I'm going through uh, making the audiobook and at the same time looking for any last edits. I have an inside joke with myself that... A year ago, I'm like, ooh, final edits. And it's just, you have to go back again and again, whether, you know, formatting or just sending off to the printer. It's it's uh, it's never the last edit, but it feels like this weekend. <laughs> I keep tricking myself. Um, this is the last one before it gets printed, you know, hopefully 400 times. So, so for the book launch tour, I'm planning on June 11th at the Salt Spring Library at 6 to 8 p.m. and then afterwards at the Dumpshine Barge in Ganges Harbor uh, for music and storytelling, open mic, birthday, book launch jam. And that will be um, the first of many launches that I'm organizing right now. After that in Victoria, B.C. at July 20th at the Spiral Cafe, July 29th at Massey Books in Vancouver, August 1st at Artswells. I'm definitely vending. I'm hearing back about the performing side. August 18th in Montreal. Um, August 22nd to 25th in Toronto. I'm also just firming up the exact location. Uh, August 28th, 29th, St. John, New Brunswick. And September 2nd in Halifax. And then to Europe. So I'll keep everyone posted on the European dates closer to but yes, exciting times, lots of logistics, lots of planning, and at the same time, running my own business, running the business and making soap. So it's all, it's all happening. So if you sign up for the newsletter on barefootdaughter.com, you actually get the first chapter sent to your mailbox. So that would be an exciting thing. And then you can keep posted on all the tours and, and info on pre-sales. So this episode is sponsored by Barefoot Daughter. You can always order horrible soaps and botanical body care online at barefootdaughter.com. You also get a discount code by listening to this podcast, Make It 19, all caps. It's also sponsored by Prodime, uh, Prodime Inc. It's an all-in-one CRM, client relationship management software. Prodime helps small and medium-sized businesses to organize and grow by using a comprehensive integrated cloud-based suite of business software produced and maintained by Zoho Corporation. So I've been using Zoho for a while and it's a great time to do it um, when all the numbers are in, your taxes are in, so you can get organized finally before the madness of the summer begins. So you can go to prodigm.ca. That's P-R-O-D-I-G-M.ca. And also uh, TSEC. So that's Transition Salt Spring Enterprise Co-op. They're looking for participants for a micro loan. So they're a community-based uh, loan pool. 
you get business mentorship and you create a business plan and they have members from the community looking to support these businesses, green businesses. You can also get a rainwater catcher and just pay back in installments. Or if you're looking for a micro loan for your business, um, you know, if you're caught up with paying a high percentage, 19, 20% on your credit card, you can pay about, you know, six to 8% interest um, with them. And they provide mentorship and it's a great community. And I'm actually one payment away from being uh, debt free from that loan. So that's very exciting. But they helped about two years ago when I was really stuck. And yeah, they're looking for more participants. So if you're interested, go to transitionsaltspring.com slash TSEC, T-S-S-E-C. As an entrepreneur, there are tons of peaks and valleys day to day and month to month. And here's this segment of the show called my high low moment of the month. So my high moment this month is get definitely getting the reviews back. They each one has been so perfect and from the heart and everyone's like, oh, is, does this sound OK? Do you want me to change it? I'm like, no, it's absolutely amazing. And I'm so appreciative of everyone who took the time to read my book and put words to how they felt and how they think other people respond to it. And so many people said they couldn't put it down. They finished it in three days. My one friend said that she just sat down and read it for seven hours until it was done. And that makes me feel happy, obviously, because I love those books that you can just like dive into and you're really called to getting into the story and seeing what happens at the end. And apparently that's what people are saying about my book. So also I bought a drum of coconut oil. So that is something I've been waiting to do for a couple of years now is get enough money to buy, yeah, 195 kilograms of coconut oil for my soaps. So that is a big deal and it cuts down the cost per unit uh, dramatically. And now I have enough space to actually put it in and it's in, and now I can start producing a bunch of soap because I feel really low on stock. So that's another high moment this month. And then I did my taxes, and it looks like I made a profit this year. Woo! Because for so long it was kind of breaking even. I didn't know what I was doing wrong. It was so much work, and I was just, you know, paying for my wonderful lifestyle. But it definitely had frustration. And it's nice to have a little bit of that wiggle room. And I've been feeling it, you know, more financially stable. And I was like, ah, the government, if it's seven years without a profit, it actually, they considered it a hobby. And you have all of the things you put into it, you don't get to write that off. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness, what if it qualifies as just a hobby, everything that I've been doing? But no, I actually made a profit. So my low moment of the month. Um, I have a lot going on. Uh, it's a little overwhelming and I just have this feeling of always being behind, like on orders, on booking venues. Like people are like, what you're trying to do this, do this now for August. You should have done that two months ago or you're sending, I don't have time to write a review right now. And anyway, it just feels like always, always last minute. And it's not, it's not a good feeling in trying to rush and and do things but you know what it's all coming together day by day um but it's just a very hectic time of the year 
So today's show is with Ann and Roger from Clapham's Beeswax Products. We chat about how the business started over 30 years ago, how personal connections are an important aspect of long-lasting business, and how success has many faces. As always, I'll have takeaways at the end of the show. So I'm here with Anne and Roger Clapham from Clapham's Beeswax Products. Welcome, you two, to the studio. Thank you. So when did Clapham's Beeswax start? How did that come about? Well, in um, 1971, we bought our first beehives and... um, um, and and for and until ninety six we kept bees commercially and sold our honeys and beeswax candles and what have you at Granville Island Market. Some people will know us as being there. Uh, and then we um, developed um, beeswax products in nineteen eighty six. Roger's mother thought, well, you could use your beeswax for making the polish I make at home. So that was the beginning of quite the adventure, and here we are now um, on Salt Spring, having retired <laughs> Not very at 75 years old, <laughs> with a nice young crew that's keeping us very much up to date with um, um, what we should do to promote and market our products. <laughs> I, I always said to Anne that we would struggle along forever, penniless, until in our old age we'd make it and become a success. <laughs> right. Yeah. Financially, financially, I mean, remember that article in the Globe and Mail Business yeah. and you yeah. had said, we've always been, this is on the financial page, let's put this, a lovely right. photograph of us in the countryside, beekeepers kind of thing. And um, he was saying, we, well, we've always been successful, but not with money-wise. <laughs> That's beekeeping for you. That's well, a tough... Farming's a tough thing. It's interesting because I, I talk with a lot of small business people and a lot of people doing their passion, and that does seem to be the case, that they there's a certain amount of success and it's rewarding and you have a community, but the financial part is, is always tough. Always tough. But, yeah. but I, I love it that you've started out with passion. Mm-hmm. It's about the passion. Yes, it is. And if you really care about it, that comes through. And if you don't really care about it, that comes through just as clearly. Mm-hmm. You've got to believe in it with your heart and soul because it's a tough row to hoe being self-employed. Mm-hmm. Self-employed people live a different life. And, and you... I find work and home life just totally mix all the time. I'm either, it's like I'm always working and I'm, I don't want to say I'm never working because I feel like I'm always working, but having the joy in it and the Mm -hmm. social time in that too. And and being scared silly. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, well, Anne and I have always uh, been a good team together. So give us a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and a chocolate biscuit, and we can decide just about anything. Mm-hmm. Because it's been a teamwork from the beginning, from keeping yeah, bees. We, yes, we've been very lucky to have each other with different talents um, to um, to travel this road. You know, mm. it's not the journey isn't over yet, <laughs> right? Because Anne, you've been more. Um, administration and bookkeeping that's right and roger yeah. you're more in the 
research and development and the and marketing. product. Marketing. And, and, and that's a very common model between husband and wife teams. You'll often find that. Yeah, kind of. Well, I, I, I've done things like embroidered because I love um, crafts. I've embroidered labels most successfully at some at point, you know. Um, so there's other, other talents other than just holding everything together. Right. Which is really important for me. It was important for me, you know. I mean, I just can't do the utility stuff. Mm-hmm. A bit of creativity. So right at the beginning, what do you think the difference was with beekeeping and selling honey at the market to then the, I guess, byproduct of beekeeping would be the beeswax and using it for did you feel a big shift in that or did you continue with the honey well we 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 did both and and when we started i was working uh at kent max uh uh, with the correctional service of canada agassiz to try and (laughs) make and meet yeah with the beekeeper, we were affected very directly by the um, uh, colony collapse disorder. I'm going back now to the 80s, which was caused, we believe, by um, the introduction of the acarin mite and the varroa mite. Mm. So that was making it harder and harder. Um, when you have a little tiny operation, as we had with 200 hives, you don't want to wholesale. So we retailed, so we were seven days a week with a young family. That was, uh, well, we loved doing it and, and we made it work, but it was uh, it was a hard thing to pull off. And it was a bit unexpected of mother on holiday to suggest that we add something more to what we were doing when we were already seven days a week. But uh, <laughs> we, 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 we got yes. the polish off the ground with my making road trips in the Volkswagen, uh, mostly to California. And we limited those trips to two weeks at a time. And it was cold call selling and like nailing jello to the wall, really. Yeah. And, and we just kept at it. And, and I've often reflected that if the, the money had meant a lot to us, we never would have survived. Coming back to your point about the passion, mm-hmm. like we had something we believed in, but we were out on the West Coast selling a furniture polish, and, and only a small proportion of people polish furniture, and, and when they do polish it, they only use a very little of it. So right. it's a hopelessly bad choice of products to launch out with on a business. Something that lasts a long time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no built-in obsolescence. No. <laughs> what, what? But then it builds, it also builds the customer, yeah. you know, no, trust okay. and yeah. connection. and. Yeah. You had great excitement. I mean, you were at no, the I Smithsonian at the yeah. um, research. What was that? Museum, museum Support Centre. Centre. And, you know, yeah. and um, he... Actually, when he arrived there, you know, it was for coatings for wooden objects. And and uh, we were really wanted to have a premier product. And, of course, we do have a premier product. And um, someone came up to him in coffee break and said, Ooh. I mean, we're only two or three years into Clapham's beeswax. Um, and, and said to him, oh, someone's here from Clapham's. <laughs> so already our uh, branding had, you know, in that small sector of um, uh, woodworking and 
actually restoration, antique restoration had re taken hold. Re re restoration hardware is a very big company nowadays. And mm. on my road trips, mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did, you know. And, and I went to Eureka, California, which is a very beautiful little town with um, really fine, uh, high Victorian architecture in there. And I had a tip about a guy called Gordon. Um, <laughs> I can't remember well, his he, recall. He, he, well, he, he, I remember. Stephen Gordon. S Stephen Gordon. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and he had um, uh, one of these beautiful old wooden homes, which he was trying to restore. And, and he was having a great deal of difficulty buying little bits and bobs, which you need to, to do that. And, and so he started researching that. And, and that became Restoration Hardware. And I had an introduction to meet him. And I really enjoyed him. He really enjoyed me. They just had one or two stores then. Didn't yeah, they? just the one store. One store in Eureka. Yeah. One back east, I think. Okay. A friend. Yeah. And anyway, he, he, he took a case of polish for 60 bucks, and I had no money, and he wrote me a check. So I quickly went around the corner and cashed the check, and I said $62 in my yeah. hand, which was kind yeah. of pleasing. Mm -hmm. and, and flashing forward, they expanded in a very big way, and they took our beeswax hand cream, and it took a three-ton truck to, to load it all in wow. a box truck. Yeah, because that was kind of a turning point. So, for so I'm I'm curious about the cold calling road trip because I'm going on my own cold calling road trip mm -hmm. and going into stores and health food stores and so I guess it's really about creating uh, the face to face connection. Yeah, yeah very much so. Mm -hmm. and, and, and with small businesses, that, that's hugely important. And I think with bigger businesses, they tend to forget that. And they can pay a price for that, too. Right. And, and so I, I was the master at a zero-budget marketing. We used to call ourselves the Ho Chi Minh School of Business. Mm -hmm. and, and no expense was authorized unless it was necessary. So then the other thing uh, was sleeping on people's sofas in the United States. And I have no choice but to honor the Americans for all the kindness and, and goodwill which is, was extended to me, and still is. Mm -hmm. so, so this is a tough time for the United States, but I cannot give up on them because all the decency and of, they're very appreciative people mm -hmm. and honest as the day. Mm -hmm. So it was a real adventure. And you, so you have quite a few wholesale stores now, but you started off as retail. And and maybe do you want to talk a no, little bit? No, we did retail at Granville Island Public mm -hmm. Market. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we launched the polish in 86, and it was about 98 that um, we lost a lot of hives from the Varroa and Trachyomites. And so it was time to embrace Clapham's and, and go with that. After all, we were packing something in a glass jar and um, lidding it and labelling it and selling mm. it. So that was a good transference. Um, mm -hmm. What was the question? Uh, about, about wholesale. Wholesale. So we did have that base of... Um, the, um, the weekend market that put bread and butter on the plate, on the table, um, 
And then I really, I think we um, uh, sought wholesaling, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It was a product, unlike honey, which was in glass jars in those days and heavy and disproportionately expensive to ship. We were, had a lighter product and um, it was a wholesalable product, which was a delight to us, you know. And so we pursued the wholesaling, didn't we, Roger? Yep, and, and it takes longer to get a business established than you first expect. And, and whilst it's taking longer to, to establish, it's costing more. So it's still costing us. We're I mean, with our expansion right now, I've just told um, my manager, you know, and we still have to keep it tight with money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always. It's always. I mean, you have a bill for Climate Smart and mm-hmm. all these extra things which we need nowadays mm-hmm. to um, have an authentic um, presence in the community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I it, find with with making physical things, you know, you have to pay up front for the raw <laughs> material, and then you have to pay mm-hmm. if you're paying labor and all those things. And then you get to the stores, and then they have net 30 or net 60, yeah, and yeah, so you're always kind of behind the, with the, 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 this is upfront, money up front. You, you, you're right at the heart of it there. And I was talking with somebody who, who was telling me that his brother has a million-dollar-a-year engineering company in Ontario. And this guy's just as penniless as all the rest of us because all his his earnings go back into his business. Right. So, so a, a, a key part <laughs> of just little home-based businesses, and then if they succeed, they become somewhat bigger, you're, you're still stuck with the need to, to keep your costs as low as you possibly can and scrounge around for sources of capital. Yeah. It's really important. Um, we've got this story, you know, um, I re- was reading a book right at the beginning of doing starting Clapham's, you know, and this um, hero came back from the Crimea War with five rubies. And he it was an upstarting cartage firm. And um, we laughed the other day because we had to draw out some savings and we said, oh, we're cashing in one of those rubies, are we? Right. You know, a company, I mean, we're 32 years, is it 32 years? With Clapham's Beeswax. Mm-hmm. And we've been really? business partners since 1972. It's more than that. Well, it's 30 it's, odd years. If it's 86, then it's... 33. I'm turning 33 and I'm born in 86. So 33 years. And we're still needing, um, uh, you know, we're still living dangerously. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you think like that's a that's a long time. That's kind of a a really healthy time for a business. 32 years that, you know, not not everyone gets to that point. What do you think has helped along the way? Well, there's a whole mixture of things. We were home-based for 27 years, and and a home, perhaps unexpectedly, is just the right place to start a business. It might be a back bedroom or a basement or a garage. Uh, low overhead is crucial. And, and if you've just got some spare space of some kind or another in your home, you, you have zero overhead for your your base where you for work. your startup, that especially is for startup. Yeah. 
What is some more advice that you would give other people wanting to start out a small business, product-based business? Well, um, retail markets are really important incubators for small businesses. The, the, the Ganges market started up one mm-hmm. week or two ago. Yep. Very busy, pleased to see. And it's interesting, just staying with Salt Spring Island now, one of the key things about Salt Spring is that it has an economy. So you've got, you've got money turning over, uh, which brings opportunities for creative people like yourself, Ali. Mm-hmm. And, and that is so important. Um, and then it fits into a bigger picture with us living in Western Canada. And we have a relatively small population base here. And, and Anne and I thought about this as we were daring to consider setting up with, with a furniture polish business. And, and we figured, okay, we're going to target the big U.S. market. And it was a brave thing to have done. And it wasn't easy at all. But it was easier for us to drive down I-5 in my Volkswagen than to make it to our Canadian centres of population in Ontario and Quebec. <laughs> and the point about us is that we kept at it. Right. And it takes patience, it takes courage, it takes determination, and you just have to nail away at it. And, and you never quite know which of your initiatives is going to pay off successfully. Right. Yeah, because the, the price of growth, you know, it's, it's hard because you can plan something, and you're like, well, I think that will work, and if I put this much money into it, and then you just, yeah, you just have to see. You yeah. have to... That's what I do like about retail um, markets is because it's face to face. The customer will tell you like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm buying this because yeah. this is why. Or, yeah. you know, and something I really like about Clapham's be- the, the polish is that people want to <clears throat> preserve nice things and nice quality things. And it's really putting this energy and um helping support people passing down these antiques or um, making these beautiful charcuterie boards or just putting that support with other people to preserve and protect their their wooden things and their yes we were with Circle Craft for the longest time. Uh, we still, still, still are. <laughs> selling our specialty honeys in those days and then candles and then um um, and then the polishes, which seems a bit odd. But, you know, um, our first customers really were the artisans. And it was with our salad bowl finish was an, a request by mm. our artisans, our woodworkers, to produce a, a safe, um, edible or food grade, food grade <coughs> um, product. And so... Um, and so um, Many of our new products um, we brought out in response to requests from customers and people. For for example, I was talking with Jason Marlow in Qualicum Beach over the weekend, very very, wonderful wood turner. And and I had an idea for a, a beeswax friction stick, which you press against the bowl whilst it's turning. And we we just kicked that idea around for about an hour. He said, no, I don't think you should do that. You, you should do an oil finish. 
which would work in a similar way, but you wipe it on instead of pressing it with a stick. So, oh, okay. I talked with Bob McKay mm-hmm. here on Salt Spring, who's brilliant. And, and he was pretty much saying the same thing. He, he, he didn't really want that first product. So, so with a couple of friends up my sleeve, I'm now doing the R&D work for a wipe-on wood turner's finish, which I would not have thought of myself. Right, so it's really asking or listening to your customers yeah. of what they're asking for, what they need to yes. be in support of them. So. Life is all about listening right. rather than shooting. Right, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Where did the desire to work with bees start from? Oh, they used to call me bugs in school. Actually, there's a little bee in here. I have the window open. (laughs) Yep, it's a wasp. You can tell by the way it flies. (laughs) It's got that agitated flight, which bees don't have. Uh, It could be a queen wasp at this time of year. Yeah, so, sorry, where where did you first have the... Oh, I always loved bugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Insects. I, I enjoy earthworms and ants. I can't help this. Spiders and flies. Spiders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when, I, when I worked in, in the prison, we had these big arc light, big sodium lights, and, and they were really, really bright lights. And the inmates used to come in with, with, with a piece of tissue paper and, and these great big cock chafers, which would be drawn to the lights and then they'd fall to the ground. The inmates would, I hate like that. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> so it's never changed. And how long did you have a part-time job then? Like, when did you transition over to full-time Clopham's? Winter. You, you um, took the occasional work in the winter t- months. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, winter months. For, but that was, be- was that, that before, the nature of... That was before yeah. that when I worked with the prison service. Yes. So 86, I... Well, okay. We, we, we launched Clapham's. Clapham's, yeah. Our daughter had been killed. Mm. That was a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, where does that lead us? Well, that launched us out yeah. very bravely with not enough money, mm. <laughs> targeting the US market, which was very long way away. Yeah. It, it, it's 2,000 kilometres from... And, and we lived south of, south of Aldergrove, just by the US border. That's a key point to make. So mm. we were 300 yards north of the US border, looking down into Washington State. And we lived there for 41 years. And, yeah. and I was thinking to myself, boy, that's the big US market. And it's not so far away. Right. So, so I've made about 3,400 <coughs> trips through the border <coughs> since 86. Really? Yep. And, and they have been very good to us. Um, and and we're like they've got all this on their computers, and and, and we're mm-hmm. like we're, we're, we're trustworthy, and they know that. So so yeah. so we slip to and through through the border um, very easily. Yeah. But but the border has been an important lifeline for us, and so we're still going to the border. But what happened? But but but, sixty percent of our business is actually in Canada. Well said. Yeah. Well, more, more like 60, 70%. So, yeah. Some of our customers back east in Toronto do ship uh, a big chunk of the Canadian order to stateside. So. Yes. But uh, yeah. true to say, uh, you know, um, we are close to the west coast of America, but what with having Lee Valley Tools and Home Hardware Acceptance, then that is that's a real big help right so if 
let's because you you do focus on smaller stores and yeah. boutiques and things, but then it is kind of key to have one or two larger yeah. distributors, I guess. Yeah. That, 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 that only comes later. And, mm. and one of the points which we were talking about this morning was that s- small businesses work best with small businesses. Mm. And, and and one of the, the dangers for us little... Well, we think of ourselves as little people. Yeah. Others don't, but we do. Um, it's um, a big mistake to... Uh, get a, a, a big sales order with with low profitability, but because then the, you, 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 we call that empty cash flow. And rule mm. one with us is that we do not touch opportunities which hold the the concern that that it's just turnover and nothing left behind for us. And 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 so that's made it difficult for us to expand because all of our business is profitable. But it's it's hard to build a business in that way. Because the bigger the company, kind of the smaller the margins. Like they're oh, expecting. Yes, they want warehousing fee and they want freight free and uh, and then you know you, it goes from two percent in ten to two percent in fifteen days, or from net thirty to net sixty. And these are with pretty reputable companies, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and when you're bigger, that's okay. That there comes a transitional point where a, a business which was really really keen to receive cash in hand is is able to consider offering thirty days because it, that the game's changed, it's evolved, and 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 so. Uh, these things happen organically. I remember how hard it was for us to crack the one hundred thousand dollar mark. We 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 were going to the National Hardware in Chicago, in Toronto, sponsored was, by Can- the Canada yes, Export. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the booth f- but, free, but not the fr- not the um, all the other costs. Yeah, all the other costs of shipping yeah. product and airfares. Do you but, miss do you, doing markets at all? We did, Mark. We did the one of a kind show in Toronto for 21 years. We, we did Granville Island Public Market for how long? 18 years. 18 years. And before that, there was the little market on Gastown, in Gastown, yeah. and yeah. the New West City Market. And, 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 and the flea market on Lohi, driving <laughs> yeah. flea market, yeah. with out of the back of the car. Yeah. yeah. And you were just at the home hardware um Convention. It's it's uh, the uh, their market, their their in house market, because home hardware is it's a very fortunate uh, format for Canadians actually because they're individually owned. The red coats they all turn up, but they all have their own store. Right. So that is quite a a lovely opportunity. How how was it for you there to be back, kind of behind the booth? I, uh, I was glad that I had the energy of a younger woman <laughs> doing the sales. Mm-hmm. But I knew the ropes more than she did, you know. So, but another time, I don't know if I'm superfluous to the. It's, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, it does, yeah. And then at one point, you're like, oh, I'm saying this again still. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many years have I been yeah. saying this about? And there the are natural, um, actually, people who can sell stuff. That is a real factor. You come up with ideas, but then 
It's like you come up with children and then you've got to raise them. Right. You come up with a product, but then you've you've got a great product, but then you've got to sell it. Yeah. There's so many And it takes factors. a different talent. Yeah. And actually what I appreciate about Clap you two as well is supply or providing jobs for because yeah. I think yeah. that's important yeah. to you yeah. too. Yeah. Yes, it, it is. is. Yeah, yeah. I, I much prefer to employ people than pay um, on a profit. Mm-hmm. But, but, but mm-hmm. not an to the government. <laughs> but, but, but with respect to hiring people, if if you're running a business with a very small profit margin for t- return on investment is uh, ROI is, is the technical term for it, it's hard for you to pay people properly. Mm-hmm. And and so so we we have a a sound contribution to profit per dollar of turnover, which enables us to pay people properly, which makes them feel they belong and they're part of something worthwhile. And so you've got a firm foundation, and and you could say that we paid our dues to that because we've been so small for so long. Mm-hmm. But um, the alternative is you're skating thin. And you've got high turnover, and you can't build a business with people coming and going. And they're naturally concerned for their own finances, and they get a better opportunity, and they move on. Good luck to them mm-hmm. for that. So that's a benefit which we have gained from taking the slow, steady path. Mm-hmm. What is a piece of advice that you would give yourselves starting out, if you can think Something that you've learned along the way. <laughs> Don't quit your day job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep your costs to a minimum. Keep the faith. Keep your wits about you because what may seem like a good opportunity, which you urgently want, may not in fact be a good opportunity. And you never quite know, as I said before, which of your initiatives or contacts is, is going to come up with something really valuable. Mm-hmm. Right, so all the little efforts along the way. You never really know that person you met at that market one time oh, could yeah. turn out to be a huge It's contact. all about that, actually. It's all about, um, I call it divine intervention. All of a sudden, someone comes into your life um, and um, you, you embrace it, and, mm-hmm. and that's where you're supposed to, it's supposed to lead you, you know, to... Somebody, I was just talking to um, uh, one of my employees yesterday about. I think we must source um, wood uh, woodworking clubs. Mm. And blow me if this morning uh, a woodworking club from San Francisco was in touch, wanting uh, this. Yeah. And, and do you have that for promotional stuff? Yes, we do. <laughs> and, and, and that. That's yeah. linked with the fine woodworking program at the College of the Redwoods in Fort Bragg, started by Jim Krenov, mm-hmm. who was so good to me yeah. in 1986, <laughs> totally unheard of, unknown. What walked up at his, his little, he, he's got 12 workbenches for 12 students, and they were busy there. And he'd never heard of me from Adam, and he was wonderful. Mm-hmm. That one is still... But if that was in 1986, I'm scared to see because I've <laughs> we've got no money. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. We just yeah. made it work. Uh, 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 about being self-employed, it's 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 helpful to remember that there are three kinds of people. 
that there are people who make things happen, people who have things happen to them, and people who wonder what happened. Mm. <laughs> and if you're on your own, you've got to make things happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like I make things happen. Yes, you so. did. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Weather gets me not in trouble, but yeah, I... I have a lot of enthusiasm for a lot of That's things. That's right. And, so. um, and, and speaking of that, um, I was a member or signed up for the Government of Canada's New Exporters to Border States, NEBS. And, and the American market's not for everybody, but it's certainly been a, a work for us. And, and they had a really good guy in Seattle. This was at the Canadian Consulate in Seattle. And, and, and he gave a little speech, and, and, he, and he had this soft turtle in his right hand like a, a, a soft toy and and he said hello everybody welcome welcome to, to our program and, and I'd like to introduce you to Ernie the turtle and this is it's I a know. green wasp on the microphone <laughs> yeah and, 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 and he said I've, I've brought Ernie the turtle along because I want to show you something about Ernie he, he can only make progress when he's got his head out and, and then he put his fingers into the head of this soft turtle uh-huh. and the turtle all of a sudden kind of woke up and it was looking around like a little puppet? All. Yeah, a puppet, it was a puppet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Carry on, I'm just going to try and... I think this, this is rather appropriate, isn't it? Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just buzzing. There would be some people who would be running out of the door at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do, I don't think we're going to... Oh. Good on you, Alan. Good. Good. Now it's in the hallway. But. Yeah. Okay, go on. Speaking of insects. <laughs> Pesky little things. <laughs> Appropriate to have a buzzing as we talk about. Um, is, there, is, there, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? You were, you were talking about a turtle puppet, but I'm not sure... Well, you've got to put you've your got to stick your neck out. out. That oh. was his point. You've got to stick, stick your neck out. out. Right. Um, we're very fussy who we do business with mm-hmm. because uh, somehow or other we have always enjoyed ourselves. And, and we're 75, for heaven's sake. And, and, and people can <laughs> quietly ask us, hey, you guys, gosh, you, you've been around partners since 1972. Mm-hmm. When are you going to hang up your skates? And, and we're a bit vague about this, aren't we? But, but I think one thing we both agree on is that for as long as we're enjoying ourselves, we're, we're going to keep at it. But, but you're not going to be enjoying yourself if, if you're working with fractious people or dishonesty, mm. like the slightest suggestion of dishonesty or just inappropriate conduct. We're gone. Mm. Very mm-hmm. politely, I might say. Mm-hmm. I guess there's no point in doing business with That's people just, who... No. Yeah. Because b- b- business is nothing more than an extension of daily life. And, and, and people who live reasonable lives run reasonable businesses. And the numbers have to work. They really do have to work. Mm-hmm. But that's not the be-all and end-all. And, and if you're getting along with people and they're getting along with, with us and we're all kind of living our lives and trying to earn our livings, that creates goodwill. And goodwill gets the word out. And, and it's famously said that if, if you build a better mousetrap, the, the world will beat a path to your door. That might be so, but it's a very narrow path and not everybody in the world will will walk that path. 
Mm-hmm. But if, if you're creating goodwill and earning a good name, well, I think one of the most fascinating things in recent times has to do with uh, reviews, company reviews. Mm. You go to a hotel, hotel reviews, like car rental, it doesn't matter. And, and so we get a number for our enterprises um, from one to five. Yeah. Uh, we're like four and a half, I think, mm-hmm. aren't we? I don't know what we are. <laughs> but, but I think that uh, can be artificial too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, 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 but overall, what we are being audited each day, every day, but by the people out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and that's nothing wrong with that. Well, I've, I've noticed um, just doing a lot of social media for, clap, for you all um, mm-hmm. that people just love the product. People yeah. go out of their way to be like, I use this on my you know, bench and it makes it amazing and this is how I do it. And people just really believe in the product so much mm-hmm. and, and have a strong connection with it. But um, Anne, do you want to say anything else that you've... Um, Anything else that you learned along the way before we wrap up? Um, I think um, I don't know. know (laughs) That I have anything much more to say. Maybe patience. You've learned patience along the way. Patience along the way and fortitude. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, belief, believing, and trusting. Yeah, yeah, that you're doing something good. Yeah, and that's right. Well, thank you so much for coming well, in. Well, oh, thanks, and, uh, Where can we what find? Fun? Yeah, where can? <laughs> so I know Clapham's.com, but I guess I could. <laughs> well, well, we're right. at, at Salisbury Mercantile at Fulford and Home Hardware in Ganges. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bob McKay has it on his table oh, at the yeah. market. Yeah. But uh, do we promote our warehouse? <laughs> Fourteen twenty nine. No, no we've, we've, <laughs> we've had an ongoing discussion about whether we should set up a retail operation mm, yeah. at our little factory. And I, I think we're busy enough already. Yeah. And we try to stay focused. You, you can't do everything all at the same time. Yeah. So I, th- I think we're not really... But you can always order online. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You can order the salad bowl finish and clap them the beeswax polish and the hand creams. Yeah. Yeah. And so the propolis products, you know, made from yeah. propolis. That's another story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and new products coming along. Yes. I, I do my R and D work, by the way, it sounds rather fancy, but it's not. Yeah. I have a cardboard box. Mm-hmm. And I've got my little bits and bobs in there, my different kinds of waxes and stuff, and and I, I do R and D work on the kitchen stove. Yeah, mad scientist. Mad scientist. scientist. Yeah. And, and so my, my present effort is, has to do with the wipe on finish for wood turners, and and for the life of me, I don't know how long it's it, how it's taken so long for us to make a floor polish, mm. beeswax floor polish. So. I love this work, and it's 33 years later, wow. and I still haven't done one, and I'm trying to do it now. Well, so. they're producing all these nice planks, Rog, with um, finishes already on them. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, just so much a part of of your life and who you are, it's hard to imagine moving on to well, anything said, else. Well, Anne has said, we can't retire. <laughs> I wouldn't know who to be. Right. Well, I... I, I my father, um, once my mother died, used to come out to us each summer for three weeks. 
And um, my, my, my brother and his wife said, I don't know what you do, but he comes back looking so good. What do you do? <laughs> because she has to nurse him through, the, especially through the winter months, you know, with congestion of the lungs or something or other. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what it is? He can stand there and lid honey jars of honey, and he can put them in boxes, and he can carry them from here and there. Yeah, he's useful, working. and he's got purpose. He's not waiting for God. Oh, mm-hmm. he know. was a crowd <laughs> island. They loved. Oh, they loved him. You know, he was in retail himself. He mm. just loved going to Granville Island. He would even just leave the boxes there. I'll set up the table. Aww. And this was in his 70s, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he did that until he was about 85. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is a sense of purpose. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Meet with and meeting people and the other just, vendors yes. and the yeah. people who appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then when, when he came home from Granville Island Market, he, he, he'd sit in his favorite armchair and he'd give me a wink. <laughs> oh, Time for your medicine, eh, Dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Liked his scotch. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he worked very hard when he was with us, and they all thought that we just rested him. Quite, quite the opposite. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, someone asked me if I, you know, I go to festivals and vend, and they said, oh, like, are you going to the festival just... To, for fun, I was like, "Why would I? Why would I do that? Like, what yeah. role would I have? Like, I like to have a certain yeah. place and role yeah. and purpose. Yes. So it's like it kind of kind of comes and down have to fun purpose. at the and, same and time. Yeah. Same time. Yeah. yeah. What, anyway. what is retirement? What does it offer? Right. Interesting question. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that people shouldn't yeah. retire. Maybe minus the stress. Maybe you could do bits and pieces yeah, that's just right. without the stress. Yes. Maybe that's retirement. Yes. The stress yeah. can be on someone else's shoulder. <laughs> but but stress is linked to you stress, and you stress is uh, has elements of joy to it. Hmm. You stress. You EU. I, I was with the prison oh. service. Well, there's training on stress because we needed it. Yeah. You stress. Yeah. Get things done. So, so stress is, is a very necessary part of life. A little bit of stress. Yeah. <laughs> Enough stress to get things done, and then you can yeah. relax. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you so much for oh, the pleasure. talk. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. Some takeaways from the interview. Number one, face-to-face connections as a small business are key. Roger traveled down the I-5, meeting with different businesses, really getting to know them, getting to know the product. Because really it comes down to people want to work with quality people. Quality people want to work with quality people. So if you're meeting them face-to-face and making that effort, it makes a big difference for connections that can last 30 years or more. So that is really something to keep in mind. Not everything is online to really be authentic in person makes a huge difference. Number two. What byproduct can be made from your business? Is there room for an offshoot product? Number three, if you're looking uh, to do wholesale, remember the cost and logistics of shipping. Shipping is a huge deal when it comes to wholesale. So if you have a product that there's not a lot of margins, it's heavy to ship, you don't have enough quantity, Wholesale may not be right for you. You might just want to stick to the local retail farmer's markets or stores that are local that you can drop off by hand. 
Number four, sources of capital. So that means whether you have a line of credit from the bank or you had a savings that you can dip into sometimes. Businesses have certain ebb and flow. Like, for example, right now, I'm in a time where I'm buying a lot of my raw ingredients for the year, paying for craft fairs that are six months ahead. So I need to dip into any sort of capital to pay for the next year of business, more or less. So you have to always keep in mind, this is how much money you have in the bank. This is the potential that's coming up. And what capital can I have right now to sustain business? Number five, keep costs as low as possible. So one way of doing that is really taking a look at your monthly bills, whether that's $5 to get to keep your email running, $20 to keep your SoundCloud account going, uh, $15 for your Netflix account or whatever it is. It's those monthly bills that really add up over the year. If it doesn't seem like much, you know, $10 a month, that's not that big of a deal. Well, it is $120 a year and that adds up. Um, so that's one way to keep your costs as low as possible. Also buying in bulk. It, it is a bigger amount of money at first, but it, co- it works out per unit uh, smaller. Number six, low overhead is crucial. So start at your home. If what Roger said, if you have an extra room that you can use as an office or a garage you can convert into a production, if you're not paying $500 to $2,500 a month in renting another spot, you use that time to build the business. And when you get to the point where you can afford a bigger rent, then you'll expand. But at first, it's crucial to keep the overheads low. Number seven. Listen to your customers. They are the ones who are buying your things. Uh, My best sellers have been from requests. There was one summer where about 10 people came up to my booth, asked me if I had patchouli soap, and when I said no, turned around and walked away. So I was like, oh, maybe I should start making some patchouli soap. There, There comes to a point where you can't take all of the requests, but if it's a repeating thing, uh, really listen to that. Also, making your website user-friendly. If, if you're getting a ton of the same questions come in, that will really cut down your time if you have that as a f- frequently asked question on your website. Or, you know, a lot of people ask me, what is the best soap for my skin type? You know, I have really dry, sensitive skin. What's the best soap or shampoo for that? And I want to do a little survey as soon as people get to the site okay, is, are you a more oily complexion? Uh, do you dry out? Do you have dandruff? Do you have greasy hair? All those things. And that could lead them to the right product. It's on my to-do list. So. Number eight, you can thrive with having just one or two larger businesses buying your products that have a chain, for example, like home hardware. They order a huge amount at once and then distribute to their own stores. And also that chunk of cash helps dramatically versus smaller stores ordering 
a couple hundred dollars at a time, which seems to just kind of disappear into bills. But if it's a chunk of money, you can really put that on your credit card or put it towards buying in bulk. So if you just reach out to, if you just get one or two bigger customers, that makes a huge difference. Number nine, small businesses work best with small businesses. So really reach out to the people around you who are also going through similar things. And if you can help each other, that's amazing uh, collaborations can happen when you're not in direct competition with someone and you're trying to sell a product through them. They're trying to sell your product and other people's products. Yeah, just try and work together as much as possible. Like a hive of bees, you know, they don't work on the, their own. They have a their own little community that work together to uh, produce honey and beeswax and pollinate the flowers. So it's never just one bee working on its own. Number 10. So something about getting a huge order, uh, let's say from Whole Foods. It could be the dream of some people's like, oh, I wish I could just get into Whole Foods and then my business would be set. But actually, the profit margins go low. Um, the bigger the company, the smaller the margins. So it might not work with your business plan. Like they could not pay for up to three months. They, they aren't paying. And you've already put all this investment into getting all the containers, getting the ingredients, paying the people. And then you don't see it uh, for another three months. And they're expecting a big discount. So what Anne was talking about with 2% on 10, it's with bigger uh, stores, they receive a 2% discount for payment to the vendor within 10 days. So the faster they pay, they are expecting a discount on the units that they're putting in. So make sure when you're making the pricing that you have some wiggle room uh, within that. If you're at the lowest you can possibly go, with making any sort of profit and they're asking for another 2% on a big amount, it's, it makes it just a lot more difficult to work within making those big orders. Number 11, make sure to hire the right people for your business and pay also have it in your margins and cost of good to make sure to pay them a proper amount because you want someone very dedicated who believes in it who feels appreciated and will stick around so work it into your business plan if you are hiring someone to really pay them a solid rate number 12 keep working on those connections you never know what will come out of it number 13 goodwill gets the word out over time if you're consistently you know, trustworthy and consistent and keeping good quality stuff out there, people will start to realize that. And even now people are like, oh, I saw you four years ago and bought some of that stuff and I loved it. And just the fact that you're still around, still doing it. And after 30 years, people just love the stability of products in a world where, you know, things just aren't made to last and It'll be a business pop up for three months and then you'll never see them again and never hear from them again. It's it's unsettling. So if you can really be something stable in someone else's life, that makes a big difference for business and relationships. 
Number 14, believe and trust in yourself. That's very important in running your own business. And number 15, do something that gives you a sense of purpose and have fun at the same time. So go to www.clapems.com, and that will be in the show notes, and you can order. We didn't really mention the leather dressing, but there's amazing um, a finish for any leather good and beeswax furniture polish and food grade uh, polish. And it's all there, and you can chat also with uh, Graham or Leanne or anyone working at Clapham's, but um, or me. It's also my part-time job. Check out Clapham's.com. So thanks for listening. You can follow Barefoot Daughter on Instagram at Barefoot Daughter Body Care and on Facebook as well. And you can always join the Facebook Make It, Bake It, Grow It group. And pre-order Unpacked at barefootdaughter.com slash unpacked to make help me reach the goal of 100 pre-sale copies and get the book out there. I've worked really hard on it, and I really appreciate all the support that I'm getting and feedback that I'm getting so far from the book. So this podcast is produced by me and hosted by the Gulf Islands Community Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm Allie Coy. And until the first Thursday of the month, keep making, baking and growing it.